0: Hello Balancers and welcome to 2022. Happy New Year and I hope you're all having a lovely break. I really want to make sure you guys are being very considered with your time as you know what you do now and the efforts you put in to really reset yourselves and your mindsets will be critical to set the foundation and tone I suppose for the year to come. So really make the effort to do what makes you feel good and obviously podcasting or listening to podcasts is one of them so I'm glad you're here. I've put together and compiled the absolute best bits from 2021. And can I just say, it was actually very, very hard to condense this into half an hour. A lot of my episodes from last year were my absolute favorite. There were so many incredible guests. So, Very, very difficult to choose. I guess it was a bit easier to have a bit of a theme that tied them all together. So before I dive in and tell you guys a little bit about what each episode is about, I did want to share just some really quick, exciting news. And I think this is extremely timely. So many of you listening may have already set your goals for 2022, or perhaps you're in the process of thinking about them. So irrespective of where you sit, whether you've set them or you're thinking about them still. If you do sit in either of those categories, you're obviously somebody who takes goal setting seriously and is someone who really wants to set themselves up for success and momentum in 2022. And so you're absolutely going to love this announcement. I'm launching my very first workshop and it's all around goal setting. So just really quickly, if you feel like you don't aim high enough with your goals because you have this belief that you know you can't really reach it or it's not something that is accessible to you or if you've set goals in the past and kind of feel very overwhelmed or have that self-doubt as to whether you're going to get there or not or you just have no idea how you're even going to accomplish it then this workshop is going to be perfect for you we disarm all of those fears and really break down limiting beliefs that stand between us and our goal dive into who we need to become to achieve that goal. And I say that because the process of achieving a goal is actually stages of growth for ourselves. So we really need to understand what it's going to take to get there. And once we break all these down, we can start understanding the small steps and how to maintain our progress towards those goals. So if that is something you're interested in, you can head over to our website for more information. Also make sure you're linked up with us on Instagram because there'll be a lot of information being shared on social media, but the episode next week will be all around this and we'll give you guys a lot more detail. So if it's something you're thinking about now, this is the perfect time to really lay the foundation so that your trajectory towards your goals is as strong as possible but that's something I've been working on for a couple of months now. So I really hope you guys love that content. I think it's super, super valuable. And it's such a great time to be working on that foundation now, as we're all starting to dive into the new year. On that note, as I said, the tone of today's compilation is all about creating that momentum and keeping us leaping into 2022. So essentially you can expect some tips on goal setting, how that fits into our routine and in fact how to get the quote perfect routine and there's also quite a few guests in this segment that talk about habits. Another big big theme which I think about three of the episodes touch on and again is very timely with this time of year is the concept of rewriting our failure or rewiring our understanding of failure and I think often this actually stands in the way between us and achieving our goals or thinking we can achieve our goals so some really beautiful takeaways here if you haven't listened to any of these episodes and anything stands out I've popped links to every single one in the show notes below so you don't need to go and search for them yourselves but a really great time to go back and reflect if anything does jump out at you our free ebook download from december is still also available on the website so there is a link to that in the show notes below and that was basically a really beautiful reflection on the year gone by just to help you i guess get some clarity before thinking about 2022 if you're still in that phase of reflection then definitely go utilize that free content there all right let's dive straight in i'm so excited to be on the other side of the year and i will see you all next week for our very first monday news of 2022. <music> And so I think you need to have this relationship or a little bit of freedom when it comes to your goals to a point where... You can be flexible. They can change. Mm. Um, but I think a key part of that is se- the celebration part. So when you yeah. actually get to the goal rather than go, oh, but I actually want this now, mm. you know, you, you celebrate and you acknowledge, okay, I've actually done this. So when you lost the 25, yeah you, yeah, you were happy at that point, you yeah. know, and then you reset another goal. And that's probably what actually spurred you to keep going yeah. in that direction. Absolutely. And I think a lot of the time we forget to stop and, and smell the roses, like yeah. the age-old saying, like, yeah. you know, but you forget to stop and think, wow, I've actually... Accomplish all this like yeah i haven't you know saved x amount of money yet but when you break it down like i'm on track to getting there or whatever the case is
1: yeah and i think talking about rewards it's really funny one of my favorite sayings is do not reward yourself with food you're not a dog i love food and i know you do too (laughs) so i love my food but i think that the the if you distill that quote into fundamentally what it means is that you know there's no point in rewarding yourself if you've been cutting out junk food right and you go for 12 weeks I'm going to cut out junk food and you cut out junk food and then at the end you're like okay now that I've cut out junk food for 12 weeks I'm going to have all of the junk food that I missed right Mm. it's counterintuitive to what you're actually achieving because what you're rewarding yourself with is the exact thing that you're trying to get rid of or avoid in your diet so for me with the training and my goals when I set it up was i set monthly goals because the four weeks is super achievable and it doesn't seem like too far down the track yeah and then at the end of each of those months if i had hit the goal that i had intended i'd buy myself more active wear or that's a good more one. shoes like running shoes because by rewarding myself with something that is actually going to help my goal or my habit as opposed to hindering it hmm you're then actually helping yourself yeah and like one of the biggest things for sticking to a goal or a habit is making sure your environment supports that goal or habit for sure. and if you're cut, like cutting out junk food and then you reward yourself with junk food your body's going to continue cutting it out and then continue rewarding it with junk food which is just so counterintuitive to what Um, Mm. your body needs or or, or wants
0: yeah I think that's a really good point so let's kind of condense that so when it comes to setting goals Mm. one of the things that you do that actually I've got a two set thing and it's probably exactly the same Mm. as you and the the first would be breaking them down into small achievable goals so Mm. for example if your yearly goal let's maybe talk about um, a training goal right Mm. you want to end up squatting 100 kilos by the end of the Mm -hmm. year and at the moment you can only squat 50 that seems like very overwhelming when you think about Mm -hmm. it like far out I've got to double what I can put on my shoulders by the end of the year but when you break it down that's only what you've got to every six months Mm. you've got to just go up to 25 or every quarter you've got to go up you know and you start breaking down and the small things become achievable and the second part of what you've said which is also something I do is the reward piece but Mm. I really like what you said you make the reward kind of fit into whatever the goal is so that's actually even like it could be if it was a financial goal Mm. um
1: don't go out then and spend it all like if you're saying hey i'm saving 500 dollars a month great if i do that for 12 months and at 12 months time i'm then going to go out and buy something because i've been restricting myself not buying anything then it's counterintuitive to what you're trying to achieve yeah whereas you know if you say for example for For me, one of my goals is to read more, Mm -hmm. right? It it was two years ago, I set a goal to read um, 12 books in 12 months um, and I did it and it reignited my passion for reading, um, which I kept on doing. Last year I, I did and I read, but not nearly as much as I would have liked to. This year I want to do it again. So Josh, my partner and I are doing 12 books in 12 months again it helps when you've got your partner on board to head do it. Because so much. instead of laying friend. in bed on a phone, yep. we're laying in bed reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, the reward is once you do that, then buy more books Yes, to continue reading. And
0: who doesn't love fresh it's books in their house? It's not to pick your phone
1: up and go on social media. Yeah. Because if I go, okay, well, if I read 10 pages, and then I can go on social media. It's counterintuitive because all I'm looking forward to is the social media?
0: That's right, and that that reward doesn't measure or doesn't stack mm. up with your goal. And that's actually a really good example. Um, I set twenty for last year. Mm. I literally hit it like one hour before New Year's Eve. I, I thought I had hit the twenty, yeah. and then I realized like three days before I was nineteen. I was like, Crap, I have to bash <laughs> it out now. But um, that's I like reading as an example because when you break it down, you realize okay, how many books? Yours is easy; it's mm. one book a month. But say with the twenty, that's like one every two to three weeks. Mm and i think one thing people forget to do when they set goals that's fine you make them small you set yourself Mm -hmm. rewards but then you actually have to sit down and think about how is this actually going to fit into my routine so if you say i want to read but you don't say to yourself okay when i go to bed i'm going to go to bed half an hour earlier and that's what i'm going to read or when i'm on the train Mm -hmm. i'm not going to pull out my phone and that's my reading time if you don't actually dedicate time to making that habit come to life Mm -hmm. then you're more than likely not going to stick to it at all
1: absolutely
0: My point is you have to trial and error different habits and routines because I feel like at some points in your life things will click with you and at some point things won't and they just won't be practical. So it's not always practical for people to train first thing in the morning. I know people who own their own cafes, you know, and that's a 5 a.m. start for them and they they work until 12 p.m. So really, unless you're getting up at 3, 4 in the morning, what are the chances of you having a quote perfect morning routine? So this is all tied really nicely to the whole concept of balance and you really have to take a minute and think what is my actual day-to-day rituals as is without considering a morning routine so what does your work look like what does your commute look like do you have children what are your other responsibilities all those things factor into what your morning routine or what your perfect morning routine will actually look like So the first thing to consider is what is your idea of a perfect morning routine and again just just mentally noting if you're basing that off what somebody else is already doing or something you've read that you're trying to replicate. The second consideration is are you actually a morning person? So this goes a little bit beyond my example of the cafe owner who has a a 5am start which obviously there's not that much room there unless you're getting up super early for a morning routine but if anyone listened to episode 16 with Alessandra there are different genome types, different, different types of people, and some people are actually wired to be more energetic and have more focus and think more clearly in the evening or later hours of the day, whereas others like to do that first thing in the morning. So picture this, what if you're actually a night bird, a night owl, and here you are hammering yourself for not having a perfect morning routine when you're just not a morning person? Newsflash, not everyone is like you, not everyone is a morning person and some people prefer to get up and have a coffee and go straight to work and that is their quote, morning routine. It may not be perfect in your eyes but that is what they have time for, that's what they enjoy to do and that's just what helps them kickstart their day. I feel like there is something truly sinister going on if you feel like you have to wake up 30 minutes earlier, one hour earlier than usual to make your well-being better. Our well-being, which we can also discuss as our balance, our you know our state of calm, our state of peace, this is a state that we can maintain throughout the day. Now, whilst I'm personally of the belief that this is set up best for me first thing in the morning, I don't think that this is a carbon copy and it's not applicable to every single person on this earth. Again, I'm going to go back to the example of the cafe owner, or let's even talk about perhaps a parent who... First thing in the morning, the last thing they can do is go to the gym, have a cold shower, meditate, journal, all these things, breathing, having a really long, healthy breakfast, eating slowly, being mindful. These things are all fantastic and they're very, very beneficial. But to pigeonhole yourself and to say like, I've got to do that first thing in the morning, often we forget and make ourselves feel bad because it doesn't actually work with our routine and that is okay. In fact, on this topic of night owls, one thing I want to ask you all now, speaking of morning routines is... Have you actually considered your night routine? I'm sure you've all heard the key to a productive day starts the night before. And even though I'm a morning person, this is something I truly, truly believe in. So how are you going to bed? Are you are you falling asleep with so many thoughts going through your mind? Are you not relaxed? Are you you know, thinking ahead for tomorrow and and just sort of tossing and turning in bed. You're not really getting a proper night's sleep. All these things will actually impact how you wake up the next day. And often we think, well, I've had a perfect start to my day and you sort of leave it there. But our well being or our our perfect routine doesn't stop after 8am in the morning once you hit the desk or once you start the job. And I actually think focusing on a night routine as much as your morning routine is a bit of a productivity hack that no one really speaks about enough. So before I dive into just some examples for night routines, because I do feel like it's not something we've spoken about a lot on the show, I just want to go back to what we've just sort of been speaking about being how to get a perfect morning routine. I think you need to look at this really holistically. So you need to firstly ask yourself, what would make my morning routine perfect? And try and do this from a point of view that really just considers you as a human, you as what you need. So how do you like going to work? Do you love visiting your favorite coffee shop? Do you love sweating it out and having a cold shower? Do you love just getting out of bed, doing some calm, easy stretches, maybe listening to some music? You know? like What is it for you that makes you excited to get out of bed most of the time? Because to be honest, I don't always roll out of bed and jump for joy that I'm going to do a heavy leg day. Absolutely not. But I know how good it's going to make me feel. And, and that's sort of the key driver there that keeps me sticking and repeating and you know if you're someone who's more interested in how to stick to your goals and habits you should definitely check out our episode with Hayley but let's just steer away from making things rituals and habits for now and just thinking about what actual rituals and habits would make your morning ideal so that would be the first thing really try and personalize and tailor it and that doesn't mean you can't look to other people for inspiration for influence but I think the key thing for you to know is that you need to trial and error and when something no longer works for you, even if it has been for the last two years, it's time to shake up your routine. You may not enjoy that anymore. It's like people's company, you know, you, you chop and change like jobs in in the office, etc. So like every arm of the balance theory, you really have to be prepared to explore and trial and test and be open to the fact that things are not stable. So when it comes to coming to terms with what your morning routine is, really just try and think about what fuels you up, what makes you happy and what actually works with your time and space and the second thing there before we jump onto the night is are you actually a morning person do you have the capacity in the morning to do things for yourself because i think the key thing here is we we harp on about a morning routine but i think that's just a bit of a metaphor for time for ourselves so for some people who can't do it first thing in the morning it might be in their lunch break they might finish work earlier in the day and therefore it's like an early afternoon it's still technically the same thing you're still doing things for yourself you're still paying attention to your mindset and really being mindful and so whether that happens first thing in the morning or at 3 p.m i don't think is really like game-changing I think what matters is how it works with your routine. And as long as you are fitting in that time, however long it is, however long you need at some point in the day, I think you're definitely on the right track. Now I'm going to circle back to the thing we opened with, which is taking action over planning. So I think if I spent any longer planning this podcast, it never would have happened. And if I look back at my very first episode versus like how I can just whip one out now or just like. Just a way much different approach, the time it takes me to edit all these things, like they are never things I could have brushed up on and you know been ready to go on my first episode. It's just stuff yeah. you learn as you go, and I think this whole concept can apply really yep. to anything that you start and so and I know this is like one of your biggest mantras, like just just start, just do it, so the mic's yours,
2: yeah, so this idea of planning over taking action um, but Yes, I'd like I'd say these days I do take more action, but I never was like that. Mm. And I feel like over planning or being this perfectionist, which a lot of people will will say you hear it all the time. But I'm a, but I'm a perfectionist, and I want it to be perfect. And it has I'm to be. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. It has to be this way. It has to be completely perfect in their eyes. Over planning can be a form of procrastination. It can be a form of the easy way, the comfortable thing to do, which I definitely. And don't get me wrong, you need to plan. So there, there needs to be some sort of planning involved. Otherwise, you're shooting an arrow into nowhere. Mm. Um, but you can get caught up in this this idea of over-planning, which I definitely was a victim of when I first graduated um, or towards my last year of Cairo, uh, even towards my first sort of first couple of months. Remember those uh, Instagram
0: videos? How, yeah. how perfect, how like you had to get even them. Uh, even uploading on
2: Instagram, like I'd always be it take me a day just to write a caption because I just wanted to be perfect and what is what are these people going to think? What is what is the the carers that I look up to going to think or the carers in my, in my year going to think? Mm. Is this correct? Um, without even thinking about who I'm actually writing this to, which I wasn't writing it to them, I was writing it to, them, writing it to potential clients or my existing clients because mm. I know that that information could help them. But I found that I was falling into this sort of trap of over-planning, um, but really I was actually running away from the fears of taking action. I feel like those fears... Well, there, for a number of reasons, maybe a lack of confidence, lack of experience, lack of self-belief in myself.
0: I think that's a big one that a lot of people will link to, yeah. lack of self-belief or self-doubt.
2: Self-doubt, all that type of stuff. So I used to find comfort in planning, studying, locking myself in, in the room and just being like, you know what, I think it's my skill that's going to help me a lot through this process. So I'd go harder on my skills. I'd read the, the books. So I'd, I'd I'd do the online courses, YouTube videos to try and get my skills up. In the comfort of my own home, in the comfort of my my own room, uh, warm and safe <laughs> from all the all the actions that not needed putting to... yourself out there exactly. But now that I found that I was getting very little results from the over planning, um, now I feel like I've done the complete flip. So I'd say I'm about eighty percent actions, twenty percent planning, and I actually enjoy now just sort of throwing myself in the deep end and just working it out. Yeah. And what's the worst that's going to happen? I always tell myself. Um, I always back myself now being like, you know, I, I know that I know the stuff that I do every single day. I'm talking about it every single day. Um, and I know that the information that I can give to a lot of people are going to help these people that aren't necessarily in the, in the field or mm. don't really have that awareness of their body or their health or anything like that.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a good point. Like your skills or whatever it is that you do, what, what make, you know, whatever you do for work or whatever your special skill is, like you might think, oh, this is so mundane. It's so obvious, but you're in that field and you have to remember that people completely outside of it. Like if, if I told you the simplest stuff about podcasting, you'd be like, oh wow, that's information I didn't know. It doesn't mean it's like groundbreaking. I think it's like mundane as, yeah, but it's my skill. It's something I understand and I know. So don't think that you don't have something to offer. And just on that point, because not everyone is so comfortable just sort of throwing themselves out there, but that eighty twenty rule, like 20% planning, you absolutely have to have some planning involved. Um, obviously not, not suggesting you go and do a talk with zero planning, like that would be silly because you yeah. do want to give value at the end of the day. But it's just about catching yourself out when you feel like it, it is borderlining on that procrastination. So that's a really good point because i feel like a lot of people do sit in that comfort of i'm like the the fear they don't acknowledge it as fear they brand it as i'm just not ready and i need to do more preparation but i think it's about like really just sit down and be critical like at what point are you hiding that fear
2: i think subconsciously i've got nike's powerful slogan in the back of my mind (laughs) just do it literally just get up just do it take action throw yourself in the deep end i always tell myself what's the worst that's going to happen um, I'm mentally prepped for a lot of the things. So if anything out of the blue does happen that I'm, I'm worried about, that's going to be a very rare event. Um, and then just backing yourself once you've already thrown yourself in there.
3: Totally. And I think we underestimate the power that the way you word things and categorize them in your mind actually has over the way your emotions respond to them. So just by tweaking that wording and every time you have a step back, thinking of it as going two steps backward, uh, sorry, one step, backwards to take two steps forward or the other way around, whatever it is. If Because I love that quote and I have it written everywhere talking about failing forwards, it means that I always see it that way because I've conditioned my mind to see failure. like I used to automatically put it in the shame, negative, avoid that at all costs category. But if you start to change the way you th- think about things and you think about a failure or a setback as an opportunity to project you forward and bigger and better than you were before, then it's almost like the painful part is made so much shorter because yes, you still sit in the pain and embarrassment and awkwardness and and loss. Sometimes there is a loss of money or there is a consequence that's really uncomfortable, but it lasts a lot less of, yeah. you know, it takes up a lot less of your life and your energy because very quickly your brain goes, oh, but remember this is failing forwards, right? So all you have to do now is just move your brain to the forwards bit. Like when's that going to come? And I feel like that's why, like sometimes I think I love quotes so much and I'm like, oh, that's really, it's really juvenile and like kitsch of you to do that. But I realize so much of it is just how you word hmm. things around you and that that actually triggers in your mind, the reaction that you're going to have. And the other thing you said about Uh, those negative times that I forgot to mention that's really important is there are going to be times where you are resilient enough or you have the tools or you've practiced enough to go, oh, this is a failure, but I'm failing forwards all by yourself. And the more you practice that, the more your brain will be able to do it. But there are going to be other times where It is so consuming that you can't pull yourself out by yourself because we are in our own heads and it's totally natural and human to just get totally overcome and overwhelmed by certain negative days, especially if there's a troll or a hater or something that is really quite nasty. It's to take it personally is only human. So on those days, it's okay to phone a friend. And in fact, if you don't, you're kind of depriving yourself of a really important tool. And I think as particularly as women, we tend to think I should be a coper. I should be able to do this by myself, but no one who has ever been successful or lived a fulfilling life. Even if the story is sometimes told as an individual story, no one has gone there alone ever, mm. ever. No one has gotten through self-doubt comparison, imposter syndrome, burnout, anything that's negative or a barrier to fulfillment and success no one has ever done that without having a good network of people around them who in the moment where you're like I'm a failure I'm not worthy I can't do this you call someone and they go you can you're amazing you're just in your own head and let me get you out of it yeah and so if you have five you know that quote you're the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with if you have five people around you who are going to go yeah, you're right. Like it is a bit risky. Maybe you should just shut up shop. And there will be friends like that. If you call them, who? what do you think is going to echo the most? The doubts. Yeah. Because if you call your mates who are like, yeah, you're going to do it. <laughs> like s- screw the lot of them. You know, you're going to, that's going to echo. So I feel like craft your environment really carefully as well to surround yourself with the life that you are trying to emulate. Because I love my corporate friends. I still have such good friends from my law days, but the same way that I started off very risk-averse and certainty-based, my job was to find everything that could go wrong and avoid it at all costs. So if I asked lawyers what their opinion was, they were going to think the exact same thing as I was. Oh, that's too risky. If I wanted to be told you should do the business, I had to talk to business owners. Like just be be sensible about who you go to for what advice.
0: Yeah. And it just goes to show how important the people you choose to have close to you really, really is. I think people get so held back because they're just scared to quote fail. Um, But I I love this. I love this concept of you either win or you learn. So really, there's no failure because you're always learning from things that are hurdles, for example. Um, And so I want to know, I guess, how that concept came into being your podcast premise and what are some practical ways that we can actually go about that? Cause I think it's one thing to talk arbitrarily about these concepts. Like, yeah, it's, you know, you've got to embrace failure and take the lessons and all these things, but like, do you have any like practical tips of how people can actually do that? Cause sometimes those moments of overwhelm and negativity, it's really hard to kind of put that hat on and go, okay, what's the lesson here?
4: Totally great questions. Uh, so, okay. First one for me, like the reason why it exists the first part of that question the reason why it exists is because I was just sick of like seeing and myself included Instagram is a highlight reel mm-hmm. and I was like you know I'll put up like a selfie of like me when I'm in the Maldives when I'm you know was in Melbourne lockdown last year or something like and it wasn't always true to what was going on in my real life and so the premise behind the podcast is like yes, let's let's celebrate these incredible human beings, but let's also talk about the trips along the way because I've found through my own life experience and through speaking to people, it's the trips, the hurdles, the lessons that end up being kind of like the growth, the gold, and the thing that ultimately gets you the success. Yeah. There's that awesome Michael Jordan quote, and he basically says like I've missed 9,000 like whatever it's called when you go for that. That's, yeah yeah and it's like that's why I'm a success like I've missed so many that I'm so willing to keep going keep going, keep going and failing and failing and failing until I succeed and I love discovering what that like that tenacious kind of like character trait is in people that are really successful so that's why the podcast exists as far as like you're so right it is so easy to be like woo like let's celebrate failure (laughs) how cool but it's and petrifying it's um it's daunting self-doubt can come in for me personally the only thing that's kind of like got me to this state of like feeling really comfortable with failure is through therapy I'm really open about loving having yeah. therapy I this will be my fourth year straight of having a therapist so yeah. for me therapy for you it might be reiki healing or being out in nature or you know having a great best friend to kind of like download with but i think we think sometimes
0: if i just go all in and dedicate short term long term it's going to be fantastic it's going to be amazing i can make these short-term sacrifices for the long-term gains but often because success is the journey and because everything is a process and because once you get that thing it moves if you don't find ways to feel balanced and enjoy that process you're going to find you you do that for a short period of time and it's not it's not a long-term solution
5: i i 100 agree with everything you just said it's so true i like for those pillars that i have i give myself a score out of 10 and if any of them gets down to five that's when i know that i need to take action Mm -hmm. but if any of them gets down to a three that's what's like non-negotiable to me because if any of those things gets to zero, that's when it does really affect me and that's when it affects everything else. Like if my fitness gets down to zero, my business can't be at 10. As a friend, I can't be at 10. I'm not myself, you know, I'm not in the right headspace that I need to be. So I've kind of developed this system Um, and I would recommend like if you can like have an accountability buddy with these things as well. As you said, like self-awareness is really important but it's really hard to make the right decisions all the time when no one's watching be it your friend or your partner or your mom or someone i think having someone to have like to be really transparent with around like what those pillars are in your life and how you're tracking does help you to keep accountable and to see it from someone else's vision and even if you're not doing it for yourself try like ask to be that person for someone else close to you and see if they need an accountability person so just talk through where they're at with their life and like, what is the, if, and if you're unhappy in your life, you you can't become happy by just thinking about being happy. You need to take action to, to be happy. So what are your steps forward to change your situation so that you can be more happy or more successful or more fulfilled or whatever it is that you're chasing? Like, that's what I loved about, like, I always loved sport and I never really understood when I was young. It's just what I did. But at the time, now that I can reflect, I'm like, it taught me how to win, it taught me how to lose, it taught me that I need to train regularly to compete at a high level, taught me all of these things that transferred into business. Mm -hmm. And same as like fitness and going to the gym, you can't just train all day once a month and feel and look good, you need to do it daily, it needs to become a part of your routine, you need to eat well, you need to make sure like there's all of these things that come along with like that balanced approach. And it's the same for business, like you can't You can't cram it in like that's why I don't like love the uni system as much because when I was at uni I was like playing sport and like partying (laughs) and doing all these things and like I knew that if I just left myself like one day before an exam or before an essay or something I would still be able to do really well I don't feel like leaving uni that I really learned that much I feel like in three months I learned more than I did in four years in the workforce Mm. um, by like you know practically learning things but yeah anyway we all we all learn in different ways I guess
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that idea about having an accountability partner. But if anyone's feeling like that, maybe a little bit of a stretch or they don't feel comfortable, I guess, doing that, I think another good option or just something based off what you just suggested, which is really similar to an exercise we did in the first episode ever episode zero is you give yourself a score out of 10 in each of those areas and if we micro break that down even further you could just wake up in the morning and potentially say okay today what what at what level do i want to be sitting in each of my areas of of my life out of 10 and then before you go to bed just reflect say how did i how did i do did i hit those numbers did i exceed those numbers was i under make a note, it's not about feeling, you know, positive or negative about it. It's just about being aware. Okay. Today I said, I wanted to be six out of 10 in my relationships. And I was probably at about a two. So you're conscious, you know, and you go into the next day with that intention to be better in your relationships, you know, just another way to bring in that self-awareness and rechecking.
5: It's all like, it is, I put a lot of the, like, where I'm at in my life down to making a conscious decision to make choices out of intent and not by habit. And it's exactly what you just said. Like if you just wake up and do your day, you might have had like a nine relationship day, you might have had a three, you might have had a one, you had a four, like you're not in control of that outcome because it's just habit. Mm -hmm. But if it's intent, you wake up and you think and you say, okay, I need my relationship to be eight today. So I'm going to make sure I call my partner this morning and I'm going to make sure I see him this afternoon and we're going to go for a walk or do dinner or whatever it is you're in control of that outcome Mm. it's really hard to move forward in life when you're not in control of the outcomes when you're letting other people dictate your career or your happiness or whatever it is like the more control you can assume the more rewarding it is and the more progress you can actually experience otherwise it's yeah i just i find that i'm very rarely happy when i don't feel in control